Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Ragtag Patriots Radio. I'm your host, Fabian, Mr. Producer, and our co-host, or fellow host, Tammy, is here with us this evening, and today we are changing up the programming format. As you guys know, we also try to deal with current events, and today, yesterday, has been chock full of current events, and so we felt that tonight we should uh, take the time and discuss some of the things going on. Now... We are going to start with um, the shootings that have occurred around the U.S. in the past several days. And Tammy has been looking into Tulsa and Nashville. Mark has been looking into Charlotte. And going to kind of give us the story behind the story, because there's always more than we hear in the news. So we have uh, went around and tried to get you details. We also have... Alan, as many of you may have heard now, uh, one of our forward bases in Iraq was attacked today, and during that attack, it is believed that mustard gas was used as a chemical weapon on that base. Um, we have, I have been working with my sources to get some details that aren't being reported on the news, which there are a few. There's more details than what's on the news. There's a lot of things out there. I do know the United States was moved to DEFCON 2. Uh, DEFCON 2 is second highest of military action, and especially in um, the Middle Eastern region. And we're going to talk about why those are related to what happened this past weekend. But we'll go ahead and get started. And... We're going to go to Tammy first. Tammy has been working on details out of Tulsa and Nashville. Tammy. Hey, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, for those of you who are not local, Middle Tennessee, there was actually yesterday where the suspect was shot and killed. His name was Sandy Duke of Springfield, Tennessee. He was allegedly involved in a home invasion earlier in the day in Robertson County, and um, he went into the house, tied up the victims, and stowed some weapons. He also stowed a vehicle. They located a vehicle later in the day uh, over around Dickerson Pike, and um, a foot chase ensued, and Mr. Duke banished a 22 Derringer, a pretty little gun like somebody else I know that has one, but show her name uh, nameless. Um, and when uh, he banished the gun, they shot him, and he later died. So there is actually uh, officer-involved shootings that are not black suspects and white cops. I'm not sure who all was involved, how many police officers were, officers were involved in this particular one, but there was a lot because he was wanted for the home invasion and some other things. 
Um, Tulsa, the uh, officer involved shooting was, I believe, a 40-year-old female, white female. Um, I've looked at some of the videotapes just recently, and the ones that I saw, you really could not tell from the helicopter. And then the body cameras that were on the other officer, um, they weren't, to me, conclusive. Um, I'm hoping that maybe they'll have something else from... um, another angle from somebody else or a street camera or something like that that will give some um, clarity to this because uh, there's a lot of people that are saying that this was probably not a justifiable uh, shooting. This was um, not like the one that had a gun where they said it was a book. So um, let's just pray for that family and pray for justice and hopefully, um, man, because if, if these shootings continue to happen, it's just perpetuating the situation. Um, but he did not have a gun. And I think at one time it was reported that he had one, but uh, recent reports have said that he did not have a gun. So that's just about all I've got on that one. We're waiting for some more conclusive um, evidence from some other sources before we can draw a conclusion on that one. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. And we do have some breaking news out of North Carolina right now, and we're going to go to Mark as soon as he gathers the details. But here's a question I've got. There has been an audio uh, released that showed the helicopter pilots Basically saying, oh, he's a mean one, he's a big one. Um, now, granted, I didn't see the video that I saw from the helicopter, very grainy. Um, are there any details coming out about what he was pulled over for and why the officer made the shot? I believe that he his car was broken down uh, in, the, uh, in the middle of the road. Um they were attempting to serve a warrant in the apartments in that area when they saw him broke down. So I'm not exactly sure at this point if he was one of the ones that they were going to serve the warrant on or maybe they thought that he fit the description. Okay. Well, I know that Tulsa is going to be a Tulsa is going to be an interesting mess. Because I've seen a couple of different uh, videos, and on one of them that I saw, the one from the helicopter, very grainy. The other one that I saw, it states that they tased him, and it does. I see one where his hands are up. So it's Tulsa's going to be interesting. Can you tell us anything about the rioting going on in Tulsa? That I don't have anything on right at the moment. Okay, I know that there's been some protesting. I haven't heard anything major that would uh, lead me to believe that there is, you know, the stuff that's going on in North Carolina. I did check with my sources today once we had determined we were going to go in through this, and I can tell you that the Teamsters Union and the SEIU have their professional protesters on the ground in North Carolina. 
I do not know. The source said that they were unaware of any paid protesters in Tulsa, any paid protesters in Nashville, or any paid protesters in New York City. Uh, but they could confirm that there was paid protesters in Charlotte. And so talking about that, um, we have another member of our gang that has uh, called in stating that she has a bunch of information on Tulsa. So we will uh, let Jill do a quick follow-up on Tulsa. So give me just a moment here. Go ahead, Jill. Hey, everybody. Um, this is Jill. And um, just to give you an idea, I really looked into this thing last night because as soon as when I'm on Facebook and I see all this stuff coming out, it just it just breaks my heart. So that said, I I watched um, the overhead video from the helicopter. I watched the uh, video taken. There was a split screen actually from the police uh, vehicle itself uh, as the, the police officers approached the gentleman who wound up being shot. I also um, heard the 911 call, which, by the way, didn't come from him, but a lady who had driven by the vehicle he was in uh, and apparently like was on her way home from work or whatever and went home and called and, and, and called, made the 911 call. Now, so I'll start with that. She um, indicated that he seemed to be intoxicated or high on something, um, that he was concerned that the car was going to blow and if you look at the vehicle or closely on the road it was taking up blocking both lines of traffic so that was why she specifically once she got beyond him and went home she thought he was definitely a danger you know for anybody that might be traveling from either direction so that's why she had called it in uh but he did not she um indicated to them that it was that it looked like it was a broken down vehicle okay so that's where that came from. Um, when they arrived on the scene, um, uh, I heard the audio portion too of the police from the police vehicle, which was extremely important. And I got it from the split screen. Uh, that particular video is available online through YouTube. And um, there's some interesting things that occurred um, in that process. Uh, first off. Uh, well, as you're watching the video, you'll notice that the man has got his hands up, but he's got his back to him, and he's walking away from the police officers as opposed to towards them and towards the vehicle. Um, and and he's got his hands up the entire time until he gets to the vehicle, and then he lowers them. That was when they mentioned the taser. But up until that time, if you're listening to the audio, as he's walking away and the female police officer's following him and there's three that come in behind him, um, one of the male officers piped up and said, oh, he looks like a really bad dude. That was number one. Number two, then they said, looks like we're going to need to tase him. Okay. But the fact that they did tase him and he went down, he was down and they did nothing but stand there. I don't know. They did say in the audio portion also that he was not following commands. So, However, you know, a police officer cannot shoot their weapon unless they're in imminent danger. Well, exactly. However, they did say he wasn't following commands. So, 
you know, I mean, I, I believe from this perspective, it's a combination of the two. Uh, if the man was intoxicated, now from what I understand, and I've never done any research on this personally, so I really couldn't weigh in on it, but from what I understand from those who have, if somebody is high on PCP, it's a totally different story than approaching somebody that's drunk or somebody that might just have used marijuana. He's not high on PCP in that video. Okay. Well, I didn't think so either because of you know how he was acting, but nevertheless, uh, that was something that was brought up. It wasn't through an audio or anything that I had heard, but just some uh, basic information that had come out throughout the day today um, on the PCP end of it. But again, he was apparently reported not only by the person that called 911, but also the other uh, the police officers as not really acting appropriately. You know what I mean? Like he was on something or intoxicated in some way. So that's pretty much what I have for you. Um, but I, I felt like it was detailed enough because it is enough to where they're going to need to really seriously investigate it because it wasn't clear um, when they tased him. I mean, it, you know, you think about if you look at that video, it all happened within seconds. And when they tased him, he was still – before they, right before they tased him, he had his hands on the vehicle or in the car, on the car. He was at the driver's door. Whether he had, was going to open it, reaching for something, I have no idea. So, you know, until they can get the witness testimony, I guess uh, we're kind of at a dead end straight from there. But, um, But there are a couple sides coming out of this. And so I just wanted at least make you aware of the audio portion because I think that the things that were said not only, well, specifically by the officers at the time were really important. All right. Thank you, Jim. Yep. All right. And we've got uh, we've got two other issues to cover. One is there was also a shooting in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's been a lot of things happen out of Charlotte in the last 24 hours. And Charlotte is important on the political realm of things as well as the humanity side of things. And unlike Tulsa, I think North Carolina is going to shape out to be a little more clear. And following up on that and some breaking news is Mark. And Mark, go ahead. Yes, uh, last night there was a shooting in in Charleston and uh, Charlotte by what is perceived to be an armed black suspect who was shot by another, by a black um, member of the police department of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg County Police Department. The incident of this entails a man in his early 40s, a man named Keith Scott, approximately 43 years of age, who was sitting in a pickup truck across from a school. Witnesses are reporting that the man who may have some form of brain damage usually goes to the school to pick up his 11-year-old son. But in this instance, there was a deputy who was um, passing through and saw the car, the vehicle, across from the school and and decided to do a a check of the vehicle and seeing the man in there 
the suspect left the vehicle and was brandishing what the officer believed to be a gun. The officer then asked the perpetrator to put down the gun, in which the perpetrator refused. The Scott then pointed the gun at the officer, in which, and at that point, the officer opened fire to protect himself. Now, if I may ask a couple of questions, because this has been, there's been differing information out there, and I know that we've used several sources to try and narrow this down. Did they say, finally at the scene, whether they found a book or a gun? They found a gun. A lot of the misinformation that we've been hearing over the last 24 hours have come from members of his family via social media that were saying that he was in the vehicle reading a book, waiting for his son. At okay, scene, so... At the scene, they did find a, a gun. I, it's not clear what what type of gun, but it was a handgun. Okay, and are they going to release the body camera tape or the dash tape? I know they've released partial. Um, do we know... They're going to release. They, they've released partial, but they're doing a full investigation, just like any officer-related shooting. So it's going to be some time before the media gets a hold of that. And of course, that's that's also going to be a 911 tape as well. Okay. And so I guess I would follow that up with, okay, now we have two shootings. Well, three if you count Nashville. Nashville, no protests, no nothing. Tulsa, there's been some protesting. Uh, CNN is saying that it's a great big protest. However, every other news outlet, including the locals, basically say everything's been pretty quiet and it's been a, you know, a few dozen people protesting. And then we go, which that shooting, um, you know, without passing judgment, I can say that there's a lot more questions that need to be answered, uh, in my opinion. And so let's go to Charlotte. And anybody that was on at the beginning of the call heard me say that the Teamsters and the SEIU have people, uh, paid protesters on the ground. So, Mark, in your research today, did you find that anything in the protesting is, or is there property damage, is there uh, threatened lives? What's going on there that would, uh, and how would it relate to a place like Ferguson or Baltimore where also paid protesters went in? Protesting started occurring around 7 o'clock last night where there were crowds forming around the uh, shooting area. Um, Shortly after 11 o'clock last night, the police moved in with tear gas to try to disperse the crowd. Um, There were also incidents on Interstate 50. Um, 85 right after midnight where they blocked a semi-trailer and set the goods within it on fire. There's reports that this was a Walmart truck but also there's also reports that a crowd gathered at a local Walmart at about 3.30 in the morning which was locked. Uh, protesters then, clo- then broke in and started looting the store. 
currently there are protests that happened in the are still protesting in the area, but across town there was also a protest at the University of, Car- of North Carolina in Charleston where students staged a die-in in the student union. Uh, as of right now, there were protests in the area, and the police are trying to urge calm. The um, um, Chamber of Commerce is telling business owners in that area to lock their doors and chain them up just so there, it won't be an incident just like Ferguson. Um, there's also a report of a shooting, a non-officer-related shooting that's happened in that area over the last hour and a half. But all we know now is that the purpose, the person did not die but was rushed to the medical center for treatment. Now, I, I've also noticed that, uh, for those of you that don't know B.J. Murphy, he is a... He's one of the PR guys in the Nation of Islam. And I noticed that the Nation of Islam has become involved in this one. And they've kind of stayed out of Ferguson. They stayed out of Baltimore. And now they have kind of come in here uh, and basically said for an economic boycott of Charlotte. And is there a tie to the fact that the, the Nation of Islam has come out and, Mark, were you able to find anything about maybe a possible criminal past on this guy that would say, you know, he has had uh, a criminal record involving a firearm? There is reports of him having a criminal record, but some, of, most of them are nonviolent drug offenses. There are some things that point to a violent uh, a, um, charge of carrying a firearm. Now, are you are you referencing the the misdemeanor assault with a deadly weapon that he pled to in 2004, which, from what I understand, was dropped from a felony assault with a deadly weapon? Yes. Now, and I guess this calls for a little bit of speculation, but my question would be is if he is guilty, um, if he is guilty of that, Back in 2004, is it uh, can that be held against him? In other words, when the police knew who they were dealing with, and they pop up there because he's local, so local information will pop up that necessarily won't show up on NCIC after 10 years. Uh, could that have been a reason that they reacted as swiftly as they did? It could be. I don't want. To, I don't know what the officers knew at that point, but if he is a known entity in the, in the community, the, the police wouldn't know of him, and if they would have suspected a problem, that may have been cause for them to um, check on him while he was parked, per se. Gotcha. Well, I know now that right now, because of the shooting in Charlotte, they are currently using tear gas to try and disperse the crowds. And I think we have an issue, uh, to be honest with you, I think we've got a big issue with 
these unions getting involved and sending paid protesters in to destroy locals' property. And we are going to be covering this some more. I'm actually trying to get one of the Teamsters to come on here and answer some questions. Um, I'm pretty sure they will as long as I don't use their real name and, and kind of control the narrative, so to speak. So I think we're going to try to do that. And the third topic that is probably the most serious, and I don't want anybody to think that we at Ragtag take the loss of life without the most serious respect, but I'm all about uh, our U.S. military. Anybody that's known me knows that, and there's multiple reasons for that, and I have very little use for uh, this. Let's see. So we will be discussing more both of these shootings, both in Tulsa and in Charlotte, as more details come out, both public and not. Um, but I can tell you that uh, the shooting that occurred in uh, North Carolina the police officer that shot him was a was a black man, and he's a second generation police officer. I think he had been uh, in North Carolina, or excuse me, on that police department since 2014. So uh, we're not talking like somebody that came out of the academy six months ago. And I think there are a lot of questions, not so much with North Carolina. Because I think North Carolina is pretty clear. They saw a gun over the radio transmissions. They said he has a gun. Um, I'm listening to, as this call is going on, we are listening to the chatter going on in Charlotte with the police. So if we hear anything while we're on this call, we will update you uh, to the best of our ability. But let's move on to the U.S. military. A lot of you may or may not know that today an attack was perpetrated on the United States in Iraq at where the I do apologize where the instruments used to attack us had mustard gas now mustard gas anybody that has spent any amount of time at any facility known as boot camp in this country you have uh the privilege of going through a mustard gas uh, simulated attack. You go in, you take off your face shield, you recite the Army Creed, you put your apparatuses back on, and you go out. And you've got to go through it a couple of times. Um, mustard gas is nasty. It makes you puke, choke, gag, blah, blah, blah. And if you're exposed to a whole lot of it, it can cause issues, but you are prepared at what to expect and what not. So I, I say that to kind of lay a foundation of what Alan is going to go into, but Alan has been researching this for us. And uh, Alan, what have you found out? What do we know? What don't we know? And what do we want to know? The research that I have done has pretty much uncovered that they did confirm that there was a projectile that was fired onto the base. It was, the base is located in Mosul, Iraq. 
it was a United States military to joint forces base. And they have confirmed that they were ISIS-related fighters that were the ones that fired the projectile. What they have... The reason why they originally designated it as a mustard gas attack is that sensors preliminarily went off denoting that there was a chemical attack that contained uh, mustard gas, or ricin, as it's also called. <clears throat> However, after initial testing on several of the military personnel that were close to the attack, they have found no evidence of mustard gas that was either inhaled or contacted the skin of military personnel. They said that the projectile that was fired over was probably one that was very weak. And they said if there was mustard gas involved in anywhere near the projectile, they said that there wasn't enough to present a sustainable threat. Okay, so let me follow that up with a couple of questions. Question number one, if that were the case, why did all U.S. forces go to DEFCON 2? It's the principle of the attack. If the projectile, the projectile, the point of the projectile was to cause harm to the U.S. troops. It was not a projectile as in a 7.62 millimeter round. It was a projectile as in a chemical weapon. The reason why the level was raised <clears throat> to DEFCON 2 was that a chemical weapon was used and, or attempted to be used against military personnel. Whether or not it was strong enough to cause any kind of damage to the military personnel is irrelevant. The fact that it was actually a projectile fired that was believed to contain a, a chemical agent that could cause respiratory and other issues to the military personnel. Okay. Do you believe, and right before we came on live, I did verify with someone that we still are at that same military level. Are we being told the truth? I believe that we are. And for those of you that are not aware as to what DEFCON 2, it means Defense Condition Level 2. There are five levels, and typically we operate between levels four and five. DEFCON 2 is the stage that is right before DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1 is when the nuclear launch codes are initiated. So basically what's going on is you have the United States military in that particular area of the world own red alert. They are on hair trigger alert. And if they find evidence sufficient to find that we are under serious attack, they can raise it to DEFCON 1, and we will be, we will be launching missiles from the Gulf. I believe now, that those we are missiles... Typically, it's short-range missiles. Uh, launch codes don't necessarily mean nuclear weapons. Nuclear, that's right. That's what I was going to say. Very good. Launch codes, the, the warheads that would be used, that would be fired, are typically short-range missiles, as in your Patriot missiles. Uh, they would be fired typically from where the 
the U.S. Navy is located in the Gulf, and it would be it would be a ten-digit ten coordinate determined by the forces on the ground as to where those missiles would go. I believe that we are being told the truth. Typically, you don't hear of us going to DEFCON 2 unless we are most definitely going to DEFCON 2. And I think it's, <clears throat> it's an attempt to demonstrate a measured uh, defense by our United States military and our willingness to go on the offense in defense of our, our troops. Well, I can tell you this, that that warhead most likely, or projectile, was a mustard gas projectile. It was an old projectile, and I can tell you where it come from. And for those of you that don't want to hear what I'm about to point out, um, he was right in 2003, and he's right in 2016. It was probably, my, my guess as to where it would come from was that it was an old uh, mustard gas warhead used by Saddam Hussein against the Kurds. I agree. Mustard gas is, or ricin, both of which um, are chemical weapons. And I recall a speech in 2003 with a red tie and a white shirt where he gave a coup day and that other little chump and Hassan Hussein 48 hours to vacate Iraq. So all I'm going to say is that uh, I saw the videos with trucks leaving Iraq into Syria once that was done, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. So, President I would like Bush, to add something else, if that's at all possible. Why, sure. As we had noted in a previous program, there has been discussion that the effectiveness of ISIS forces has been severely, uh, severely lessened by the the actions by the United States military and other countries. I think what this was was an attempt to demonstrate that they do still have some some clout in that area. And I think that is why we went to DEFCON 2. It, it's basically well, and- a maneuver by the United States military to say, well, <clears throat> if that's what your response is, this is our response. You showed your cards, we're showing ours. Now, I will tell you, and, and here's a question, and, and I'll bring in uh, Tammy on, on this one, too, and, and we can bring in Trisha on this one. And here is the question I have. We saw last weekend that our defenses and response times are being tested. Okay? Could this have been a test of the response times and what the military would do as a result. And Alan, I'll put that on you first and then we'll go to Tammy. I most certainly believe that it was a it was a test designed to see what level we were willing to raise it to in in response to them using chemicals. They basically wanted but to how see would, right go ahead. Well my question would be how would ISIS how would ISIS know what our internal protocols are? And I do know we've got some people in the military that are probably ISIS. But 
DEFCON 2, I mean, yeah, they're out there as terms. Yeah, they're out there as kind of, yeah, this is the basics. But, you know, people don't realize that even, you know, DEFCON 3 or above, all of our uh, all of our military bases here at home go on ready alert. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know how that would be beneficial that, you know, hey, you zoom one over our camp, we're going to, you know, raise our threat levels. So, I guess... They were, probably fairly, sure, they were probably fairly sure that we were going to report it to the news. My my next question would be, Tammy, do you think all of these are related? Do you think that we know that they were testing us there? Do you think that this is a coordinated test of our defenses to see how much... Uh, how much we're paying attention as far as the populace? Yes, because I think a lot of it is uh, maybe testing our president to see because he's in a lame duck session to see if he's going to do anything. And they're going to they're gonna put that toe up to the line, and even if they get right to it just to see if he's going to do anything. There, there have been, um, I was reading a story earlier today where there are five people um, apprehended in connection with the uh, Manhattan bombing that were found on a bridge in a car, and there was five of them, with a bomb in the car. Now, that hasn't made the, the lamestream media. That's just something that I read today. And I, I think a lot of it is to cause confusion. And I think they think that we're distracted by uh, all this infighting and all the fighting over the election and everything. And I think they might be using that to their advantage. Right. However, well, it's probably going to backfire on them. Right. I, I think that they are. Um, and, Laura, I've seen that link. That's out there. Um, two things to, to comment on. Number one, Obama is friendly to the Islamic Brotherhood or the Muslim Brotherhood, whatever you want to call it, and CARE and a couple of the other organizations. To say that he's actually ISIS, um, I don't know about all that. And to also imply that this is about keeping him in office you know, I've said a hundred times, and I'll say a hundred and one. Not going to happen. Can't happen. Won't happen. The Secret Service would pick him up, escort him to the front fence of the White House, and stick their foot in his rear. Um, so, not going to happen. And anybody that plays down that rabbit hole is wasting their time. Um, I will tell you that a uh, couple of things we want to tell you before we. In tonight's call, number one, we are going to be doing a ragtag after dark. Uh, 11 p.m. Eastern time, we will be doing ragtag after dark. You are more than welcome to join us here on this call. We won't advertise it. We won't send out any notice. It's just going to occur at 11 o'clock. Um, we did because our first... Designated survivor. I'm sorry? Because of designated survivor. 
Yes, because of Designated Survivor premiering tonight on ABC. Uh, we want everybody to go watch it. Uh, also, Fabian, let me talk about, just for a second, please, the Twitters, um, the tweets that I saw today. Um, okay. hundreds, hundreds of thousands of tweets that have gone out today. I wish I read Arabic. I did shoot, um, uh, I did do a screenshot of them because every, every, all the time there's an algorithm that's going that talk, talks about the top tweets and they have the top 20 tweets. Well, at least four of the tweets out of the top 20, y'all try to say that, were Arabic. And that each one of them was like 23,000 or one of them was 200,000. And I just don't believe I've ever seen anything like that on Twitter. So there's a lot of chatter going on right now. May not mean anything, but, you know, if you go back to the pre-9-11, they said that was one of the things that started before 9-11 was the chatter was very high. Okay, and, and we can... We can have that discussion, too, because I think that's an important discussion. A few things I want to make mention of before we jet off of here, uh, before Ragtag After Dark, and that we want as part of the program. Number one, um, it was mentioned in our chat that, you know, this kind of attack helps Donald Trump. And every poll that's been released since the weekend bears that out. Every single poll bears that out. He now has the lead in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Colorado, Florida, and he's pulled to even in Virginia. So uh, that does tend to keep with with my line of thinking that this type of attacks and whatnot benefit uh, Donald Trump. And some of you may know that over the weekend we did our first live breaking news um, about the stuff going on in New York, New Jersey, Virginia, and Minnesota on Saturday night. And I just was able to see the numbers today, so I'm going to give you all the numbers. Our downloads for that episode alone, 16,000. Okay, and uh, that is very significant Okay, that is very significant. Um, to guess 13, yes, he will have the, the 270. As a matter of fact, Hillary Clinton was so worried about it today that they called an emergency meeting with the labor unions that were meeting in Nevada wanting to know why she wasn't up on Donald Trump by 50 points. They are very concerned. There are some internal memos that came out today that... Uh, she is, uh, she's in trouble. And we're going to uh, talk Fabian, about that some. Yeah. Yeah. Fabian, the young man who's predicted the last elections, I can't for the life of me think of his name. He had Donald Trump a month or so ago winning the election by 3%. He yeah. has today changed it to 48%. Yeah. His numbers, his numbers are going to be astronomical. And that's actually what I've been working on today. Um, every election cycle, I release my uh, electoral count. Yeah, and 
my electoral counts have been accurate ever since the day that I've been doing them. Uh, back in 1992 is when I started it. So um, I will tell you all on Ragtag After Dark what those predictions are and how it's going to be. So uh, we also had, now the 16,000 downloads are those that downloaded the program and listened to it all the way through. Okay. Secondly, we had over 10,000 streams. That means they listened to the program from beginning to end. Okay, so that's 26,000 people. And we... Uh, <laughs> nah, we're not going to discuss those in great detail. Uh, also, we had a lot of live listeners coming in, coming out, and I think that people want to get the news and they don't want to get it from a slanted uh, a slanted point of view, and we tried to give both sides of it, you know, catch our news from inside sources, from different newspapers, and it was, uh, or at least I thought it was, a very well done program. And uh, we uh, we appreciate everybody uh, coming in and uh, being a part of that and making it uh, our most successful program. We have, one final note, we have decided to change up uh, our lineup for Wednesdays. So we're going to be doing things a little differently. Barbara is going to be giving a presentation um, on each program about five minutes of a person in history, U.S. history, and is going to be uh, really uh, bringing us some interesting, not well-known history about the U.S. And, and our people. So, as always, we want you to thank a soldier, for without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do and wouldn't be able to go watch Designated Survivor like we're getting ready to. And thank the veterans for those that paved the way for Without them and their sacrifices, well, we wouldn't have the all-volunteer army that we have now. And remember, and this is important to everybody, you've got to stand for something. Because if you don't, you'll fall for anything. Freedom is not free. It's only one generation away from extinction. And to close out, Benjamin Franklin said, those that would sacrifice liberty for security deserve neither. On behalf of the Board of Directors and the Committee Chairperson, my name is Fabian. Have a good night, everybody. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.